0: So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines.
1: Nancy Gaines and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. So the focus of today's podcast is all about the other side of bipolar and we're going to hear some great lessons that you can use in your business to really skyrocket your success. So my amazing guest is Lauren Polly. Let me tell you about Lauren. She is the author of The Other Side of Bipolar. She shares her own personal journey to help others find the life they desire without limitations. She's shown thousands of people around the world how to engage boldly with themselves, their body, and the world in order to create the life they desire. She's a certified access Consciousness Facilitator, Certified Talk to the Entities Facilitator, an ASHA Certified Mental Speech Language Pathologist, and a Registered Yoga Instructor. Welcome, Lauren. Is there anything else you want to add? (laughs) It's a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Does everyone struggle with that, or is that just me?
2: (laughs) I think just after a while, there's so many... um, I'm kind of a certification junkie after I started going into the business arena and really started developing my own brand, one thing popped after the other, popped after the other. So after my master's degree, I just kept adding certifications on. So that's kind of the jargon, jargon that, <laughs>
1: that you were just talking about. <laughs> well, it's definitely an impressive background. So we are so excited to hear about your book, and this is going to be airing during the uh, Mental Health Week. Is that right? Yes.
2: Mental Health Awareness Week is a, an amazing week that we have in the United States. Um, it's going to be October 3rd through this entire week, which we're on the 5th right now, all about really opening up the awareness of mental health issues across the country. And where I like to drive the conversation is much more to the possibilities that lie within the diagnosis and to be able to move beyond the label, uh, which is kind of a different conversation that happens in the mainstream during
1: this week. Awesome. Well, we will definitely cover that. So let me ask you right out of the gate, because I've heard of bipolar, but I don't think I've ever met someone, and I don't really know what it involves. Can you kind of educate us briefly what that means? Yeah, so bipolar
2: is kind of what it sounds like with the two poles. So instead of just having the depressed state, like you would if you're clinically depressed and have low interest, low energy levels, um, kind of that black hole energy, more of a negative, I guess you would say, you have the flip side of that as well, which is more the mania. So that is high energy, high creation, rapid speech, impulsive behaviors can come into play, some grandiose ideas. There can be some hallucinations in that as well. And people with bipolar, they swing back and forth between the two poles. So you go from high to low, sometimes over the course of a couple of months. So there's this circular pattern. Um, and then other times it's very rapid. So from one moment to the other, there's big mood fluctuations.
1: Is there ever any middle?
2: Or you just skip the middle? Uh,
1: It depends on the
2: person. I think for me, there was a lot of middle and there was a lot of fast. I was diagnosed with the rapid cycling, which is kind of the fast mood swings. Other people will have like three months of mania where they don't sleep at all. They're moving, moving, moving. Um, They can create very destructive behaviors in that state. And then they may settle into the middle ground and then dip off into the depressed state. Um, So it just depends on the person. There's quite a few different
1: types of bipolar. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that. When I was in sixth grade, I sat in the back of the room and I was taking this math test that they used to put on the blackboard with chalk. Do you, do you remember blackboards and chalk versus oh, whiteboards? Yes. <laughs> well, we had chalkboards. And um, I totally flunked that test, and I'm really, really good at math. And it turns out it was I needed glasses, but to me, mm. I didn't know I couldn't see because that's just how things looked to me. How did you know that you, ha- you were different? Well, I knew I was different just because my awareness of the world didn't really match
2: what I was seeing. Um, and it's interesting, I talk much more and I work much more on the energetic levels, which are more the baser kind of building blocks of the universe and our reality. So it's like when you're having a conversation with someone and they're smiling, they're doing their social niceties, everything seems perfectly fine, yet your gut instinct, your awareness is a sense of like, wow, this person really doesn't like me or they're not listening to me. Um, There's all these multitude of layers that we're aware of in the world and most people just interact on the surface. Uh, For me, when I was younger, I've always had a very in-depth perceptibility of people. I've always been very sensitive and very intuitive. So their inner pain and inner angst really screamed at me above this kind of surface. Everything is okay. So for me, when I was younger, I just got very, very confused. I wasn't sure what to pay attention to, and that kind of opened the door for me to start having my own mood fluctuations, kind of sensing everybody so intensely. Um, I kind of I struggled with that for quite a little bit in silence, not really knowing what to say or how to describe it to my family or to my friends, and eventually it just became too much, and that's when I started contemplating suicide, um, and that's kind of how the whole thing was discovered by my family As they found my suicide letter. They took me to the psychiatrist, and my aunt had the label of bipolar. So as soon as I started talking about the upsets that I was having in my life and the family history came into play, I was diagnosed with that.
1: Wow, what a story. So it's good yeah. that they're – so it's a, a hereditary feeling? It is, it is a hereditary.
2: So a lot of times, and this is the interesting thing with labels and diagnoses that I get into in my book is because there's kind of like a definition thing that happens. Once I was talking to the doctor and describing it and he heard, oh, your aunt has it. We know it's a hereditary disease. I was almost grouped into that category. His questions became very leading and I was 14 old years old at the time. So I just kind of Followed his little questions that became more and more leading to that diagnosis. And before I knew it, that was my label. Um, And I carried that through years and years and years until eventually it was overturned when I was 30 by my psychiatrist at that time.
1: What a journey. Wow, I'm like, normally I'm really good with all these questions, and I'm just kind of stunned taking this all in. <laughs> it's a lot, and that's the that's the whole breadth of the book is it really walks you
2: through 14 to my current age, 36, where um, kind of up and down through the Western medical system and really being labeled as such, going through the whole medication um route, making myself very wrong because of my diagnosis, and really thinking that that was the only thing I was ever going to be, was what they told me. Because when you get a diagnosis, you get behavior characteristics, you get future predictions, they kind of lay your life out for you ahead of time. So you start to live in that vein and create as such. Um, so this journey that I've been on over this last, you know, 26-year period is, coming out of that label that they gave me and really pushing the envelope through the help of doctors, other professionals, healers, um, yoga, meditation, alternative modalities to really
1: start to stretch the boundaries. So I wasn't limited to what the doctor said. So what was the turning point? When are you like, okay, this this isn't me, I'm not this label? Because 26 years is a long time. It is. It is a long time. And it was funny
2: for me, I don't, there were quite a few turning points along the way that were a little bit bigger. I think the first massive one was when I was 20, I found a holistic psychiatrist and it was the first time in six years of treatment that he talked about stress management, exercise, energy work life coaching, like all of these different modalities that actually started to develop all aspects of myself and not limit myself to just managing the diagnosis. So the work with him, when he gave me all these different tools to actually look holistically at my whole body and being, I was able to come off most of the medications I was on because I was given really empowered tools to use so I could function, first of all. And then from there, I started like thriving. Um, he was the first one to really light hope for me at the end of the tunnel, that it wasn't going to be the diagnosis forever that I could create beyond it if I chose to.
1: Smart person. So I, <laughs> I rarely take medicine because it makes my head, all I can say is fuzzy. Like, I just don't yeah. feel like I'm on my A game. Did you feel that way when you were taking medicine? Oh, my goodness. Um, I had so many side effects. And um,
2: at my highest peak, I think I was 17, 18 at that time, I was swallowing about 14 pills a day. Um, And that's kind of when things got really, really wonky. The psychiatrist would give me a pill for one thing. I would get a bad side effect like the fuzzy head or tremors or acne or my hair would fall out. And then to try to fix that, it was was very traumatic when you're trying to kind of fit into normalcy in teenage years, and then you have a diagnosis on top of it, it's hard. And then now you're on medication, you're having side effects, your poor body is acting out, it gets harder to hide that stuff. Um, So it was a tricky time. But what was interesting is they just kept piling more medication. So they gave me another medicine to try to fix the side effect of this other medication. So before I knew it, there were 14 pills I was taking a day, not just for the bipolar, but I was taking it to try to combat the side effects of the other drugs. Um, So, yeah, I had the fuzzy feeling, very disconnected from my body, um, cystic acne. My hair fell out, like I said. I lost my vision from one of them while I was driving a car, which was very scary. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so it's just interesting looking at how we can look at mental health as a holistic thing practices you can put into place that are more, more on the natural side that may be able, you know, if used properly to actually allow yourself to come off some of the heavy doses of medication. And that was my case. I was able to drop down massively on medicine just in the first couple of years using these holistic approaches. Um, and then eventually years and years with different doctors weaning
1: myself even more, I got off of them when I was 30 congratulations that is just super so thank you you just had a major book launch a couple of days ago tell us about the book are there these stories I'm asking you do you cover a lot of this in the book oh absolutely yeah but um, the book is the other side of bipolar
2: um, and it's it's just It's a very, very different book. It's a memoir slash self-help book. So it's my personal story. It kind of walks you through kind of the first inklings that I had when I was younger when things started to fall apart, that weird awareness that I was saying, social anxiety, not knowing how to fit into the world. Um, and then getting diagnosed, going through the Western medical system with all the drugs, and part two, really coming out the other side. So you see me through the weaning process, learning alongside of me all these different tools, techniques, perspective shifts, um, to be able, and then really to be able to start to apply them in your own life. And I wrote the book in such a way where – You read like you're learning with me from the doctors or from the therapist, whoever I'm talking to, and then the next following scenes are me actually applying it at my job at the hospital, which is super stressful, or in my relationship, or those kind of self-doubt moments that we go into and lose our sense of self-worth. So it's really quite a journey that's told in a story form, but um, lots of tools and perspectives along the way for you to gain. So did you feel vulnerable writing that book? yes very much so um that was it was a it was a massive process for myself, especially with mental illness because there's such a stigma out there um and growing up, it was always the hush hush secret of no one needs to know or kind of that point in the relationship where someone was becoming either um, a close boyfriend that I was thinking about getting more involved with or a friend who I was letting in deeper into my life. That was always the thing in my mind of, oh, is it ready to like share my secret at this point? And to go from that kind of secrecy, shameful state to really the kind of the courage of laying it all out there, I think is such a huge journey that I've been through kind of step-by-step-by-step by step by step over the years. Um, but there's so many of us out there who are struggling. Like the statistics are huge. There are about 40 million people in the U.S. that have mental illness diagnoses. So for me, it was vulnerable, but also being a voice to speak to people who haven't yet spoken about this and to see if maybe this would open up the lines of communication so they could start to feel more comfortable to at least talk to
1: themselves their family and their immediate circle in more of an open and revealing way that's a real generous gift to people i mean so i was as i was preparing for this interview and getting some questions out i started thinking that As I get older, I'm less judging of people. Like, who's to say that it's really an illness? Maybe it's just something different, but people label it as an illness. So let me give you an example. I was recently with one of my friends who said he actually can talk to uh, UFOs. And, I mean, the old me would be like, okay, well, that guy's kind of strange. But now I'm like, well, maybe he can, and I just can't do that myself yet. Like, who's to say it's not true, right? I I think mental illness is kind of similar. What are your thoughts?
2: Absolutely, and that's um, the subtitle of my book is revealing your strengths to move beyond the diagnosis. And it's kind of two part. It's finding your inner strength to like kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and keep going, but the bigger thing with that is actually finding the strengths and the gifts that lie within the diagnosis. And so often in this reality like your friend things that are different are labeled as wrong because people don't function the same way, they look at the world differently and they don't really fit into the mainstream. What this book really dives into and what my journey has been is looking at the strengths that I have and the capacities That when I was younger, I didn't know how to handle, so it kind of looked like craziness or it made me feel crazy. Now having these tools and these different perspectives, able to utilize those to actually create a life and a living that's really fun for me. Being different without judging myself and
1: without inviting that judgment from other people. That is awesome. So let me ask my fun question, and then if you could share a little bit of how people can find you and work with you if they so desire. My standard question is, if you had one more hour in your day, how would you spend it? Oh, my goodness, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I would
2: say creating something. I, um I have a lot of creative energy, and for me, that was one of the massive gifts that was hidden in the diagnosis itself. Um, And when you're highly energetic, if it can be kind of mistaken for a media state or something a little bit off the beaten path, Um, but that's how I enjoy spending my time is that writing a poem, uh, making a video for my clients, Uh, something out in nature would be beautiful too. So maybe writing a poetry about the sunset, which is just setting now in the North Carolina hills where I am. Um, That's how I would spend it.
1: Yeah. Very cool. That's great. (laughs) I was in California two weeks ago for three days and I watched the sunset over the ocean every day and I thought we had cool sunsets here in Denver, Colorado, over the yeah. mountains. But wow, over the ocean was just a whole different experience. So I guess no matter where you are, you can find an amazing sunset, huh? Yeah, and it's just so inspiring
2: to actually look to the natural world that shines its beauty and shines its difference constantly without judgment. And yeah. I would love human, humans to follow the same, the same route to actually see the beauty and difference in themselves without the judgment and in each other. Well, that's exactly what you do in your coaching, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think um, self-judgment, I think, is the number one stopping point that we have in everything. I mean, even if it's launching a business, all those self-doubts that come into play or relationships, your self-relationship even, or just creating a life that's fun for you. So most of the work that I do is utilizing the tools from access consciousness. And in that system, consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. So it's not about the right or the wrong choice. It's what actually lights you up and following that without having to fit in to the quote unquote norms of this reality. And that's where your creative capacities
1: can really, really shine. That is cool. And I've, I've got Dane's book and I see that he actually mm-hmm. endorsed yours along with Thank Susanna. You. She was on our, our podcast uh, many, many episodes ago. Do you know both of them pretty well? I Oh, definitely. I've done um, all of the advanced training with Dane. I'm one of his advanced students. And
2: Susanna, I know wonderfully from all of our different adventures around the world together. So it's just these wonderful change agents who are out in the world looking at things differently and really inviting people to a
1: different possibility. I'm happy to be included amongst them. Oh, I'm happy that they said yes to be on my podcast, just like you. I mean, what great advice <laughs> to give people. So, how can people find you and your programs? So all of my information is on Laurenpolly.com.
2: That's my website. Um, I do long-distance coaching via Skype. I have an international audience, so it's kind of fun to get on and look at people's perspective from around the world. It always educates us, kind of coming out of our own little bubble. Um, I do small group formats, looking at really engaging with life more dynamically and getting past the judgments that stop us from really reaching for greater possibilities. Um, I also travel internationally doing workshops. I've got books and a lot of fun guided meditations that I call molecular exercises that actually get into your molecules and change the molecular structure of your body and your being so that change is more rapid and easily
1: accessible. Very cool. Why don't you spell out your name so people can find you easily? It's Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Polly, which is P as in Peter, O-L-L-Y.com. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing part of your day with us. It's been really enlightening. I've learned quite a bit too. Listeners, if you loved our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating so other people can find us. And I just released a new report on my brand-new website, 100 Systems You Must Have for Business Success. Go to nancygaines.com systems to download your copy. Until next time, Go out and gain the advantage.
0: You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygames.com That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines and on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.